Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Serial Killer Podcast, the podcast dedicated to serial killers, who they were, what they did, and how. Episode 194. Last episode ended with the rape, torture, and murder of 14-year-old Jackie Freeman. But Pee-wee Gaskins was far from finished. His bloodlust only increased after each kill, and soon he would escalate from thrill-murder to murder-for-hire. Fair warning. I usually do not offer so-called trigger warnings. But be aware that this episode will contain absolute gruesome details of crimes against children. It was hard for me to research, especially being a father myself, but again, I think it is important to shine a light on how absolutely despicable and evil serial killers are, not romanticize them. As always, I want to publicly thank my elite TSK Producers Club. Their names are Amy, Boo, Brenda, Cassandra, Christy, Cody, Colleen, Connor, Corbin, Craig, Sid, Derek, Emily, Fawn, Florida Man, James... Janine, Jennifer, John, Johnny, Jonathan, Caitlin, Kathy, Christina, Kylie, Lance, Lisa, Lisbeth, Magic Man, Marilyn, Meow, Missy, Nick, Oakley, Andre, Operation Brownie Pockets, Robert O, Robert R, 
Russell, Sabina, Skortnia, Scott, Sputnik the Radio, Susanna, the Duggletons, Trent, Val, and Vanessa. You are the backbone of the Serial Killer Podcast, and without you, there would be no show. You have my deepest gratitude. Thank you. I am forever grateful for my elite TSK Producers Club, and I want to show you that your patronage is not given in vain. All TSK episodes will be available 100% ad-free to my TSK Producers Club on patreon.com slash theserialkillerpodcast. No generic ads, no ad reads, no jingles. I promise. And of course, if you wish to donate $15 a month, that's only $7.50 per episode, you are more than welcome to join the ranks of the TSK Producers Club too. So don't miss out and join now. Gaskins bought a car shortly after murdering young Jackie. It was one of few cars that Pee-wee had not stolen. It was not any old car. In fact, it was a hearse. There is a joke making its rounds on the internet regarding serial killers. It seems like in every serial killer documentary, the investigators go on record stating the killer is very clever, far above average intelligence, and always one step ahead of the investigation. On the other side, you have the neighbors, who all state they had complained about the stench of rotting flesh for months. In other words, the lack of serial killers being apprehended can often be attributed to poor police work, rather than the killer being particularly smart. Pee-wee was not a very intelligent man. In fact, he was quite dim. He did not really try too hard to conceal what he was doing either. He stated at the time that he bought the hearse for business use. It was a handy vehicle for hauling goods. He also put up a sign on the side of the hearse which read, We haul anything, living or dead. End quote. A friend asked Pee-wee what the sign meant. The by-now-experienced serial killer answered with a chuckle, and I quote, I kill so many people that I need a hearse to haul them to my private cemetery. End quote. The friend thought, as most would, that Pee-wee was an oddball and took to comments to be a nasty joke. What the friend did not understand was that Pee-wee was dead serious. In December that same year, Pee-wee's urge to cause harm and death 
bubbled to the surface, and he committed what many authors and serial killer aficionados claim is his most gruesome and heinous murder. Doreen Dempsey was twenty-three years old and pregnant. She also had a two-year-old daughter named Robin. Pee-wee had, as was his custom, managed to charm Doreen, and when she asked if he could give her a ride to the bus station, he was seemingly eager to please. However, as soon as Doreen and her little girl got into the car, Pee-wee turned from charming gentleman to menacing killer in a flash. He told Doreen to shut up and sit still. He also showed her the knife he had brought along. Terrified, Doreen tried to soothe the by now distressed little girl Robin and told her that everything was going to be okay. Pee-wee drove away from prying eyes, and soon they were on a dirt road deep in the woods. He stopped the car and told Doreen to give him oral sex, which she did. Pee-wee did not care, or perhaps was aroused by, little Robin bawling her eyes out right next to them. Suddenly Pee-wee pulled her head away from him and turned towards the little girl and started to undress her. This was when Doreen tried valiantly to defend her child. She clawed and screamed and kicked. It was little use, as she had no weapons, and Pee-wee had brought a hammer. He hit Doreen over and over and over again over the head with the hammer until the young woman lay dead. The little two-year-old probably could not comprehend what had happened, but she probably knew the bad man had hurt her mother very badly. As she screamed and cried for her dead mother, Pee-wee raped the toddler anally, causing extreme pain and bleeding. When he had ejaculated, he strangled Robin to death. He dragged both bodies a bit away from the dirt road into the woods, where he buried them in the same shallow grave. As you, dear listener, probably by now understand, Donald Peewee Gaskins was a bona fide sadistic pedophilic psychopath, the absolute worst of the worst and the murder of Doreen and her little girl was by far the end for Pee-wee. The next year, 1974, he got angry at a fellow car thief named Johnny Sellers. There is a saying that is rather apt here, there is no honor among thieves. Sellers owed Pee-wee around a thousand dollars for auto parts, but was slow in paying back. Instead of finding a reasonable solution, for example by talking with the man, Pee-wee lured Sellers into the woods and shot him in the head with a rifle. For some unknowable, except to Pee-wee himself, of course, a reason, he decided to kill Sellers' girlfriend as well. She had nothing to do with the loan. She had hardly seen Pee-wee before. Suddenly one night Pee-wee stood on her doorstep. Before she could say much, he wrestled her to the ground and stabbed her repeatedly until she was dead. He put her body in the trunk of his car and drove out to where he had killed her boyfriend, 
There, he undressed both corpses and raped both of them before burying them in the same shallow grave. According to Pee-wee himself, and the veracity of this is highly uncertain, he raped, castrated, and murdered two young unnamed boys shortly after the double homicide of the Sellers couple. As he was killing and killing and killing all over town, Pee-wee still had a wife back home, who apparently knew nothing of what her husband was doing. I have a slight problem believing this. He must have come home, covered in blood, smelling of sex and death, several nights. Pee-wee always stated that he loved his wives. He loved them dearly, he claimed in later interviews. He loved this particular wife so much that when a fellow car thief named Horace Jones made a move on her, Pee-wee killed him. He used his tried-and-true method of luring Jones into the woods and shooting him with a rifle. He then took two hundred dollars from Jones's wallet and buried the body in a shallow grave where it was later found by authorities. Around Christmas time, in this Anus Horribilis, Pee-wee stated in his later autobiography that he felt truly at peace for the first time in his life. He had a wife he loved, he had a son, he had grandchildren even, and his bloodlust was for a time sated. This would not last. He started out 1975 by killing a group of quote-unquote hippie types, as he later called them, including one man and two women. They were from Oregon, and their car had broken down near Georgetown, South Carolina. Pee-wee found them on the highway and offered them a ride to a nearby garage. Instead, he drove them to a nearby swamp, and handcuffed them at gunpoint, followed by drowning all of them in the swamp water. The same year, Pee-wee was hired to kill for money. From Pee-wee's perspective, it was the most natural thing in the world to start a career as a hitman. He loved killing, so why not make money from it as well? His first contract was to kill Silas Yates, a wealthy farmer in Florence County, South Carolina. Pee-wee was paid $1,500 for the contract kill by Suzanne Kipper, who was angry at Yates for taking back a car, two horses, and several other gifts he had bought her when they were in a romantic relationship. Two middlemen, John Powell and John Owens, handled the payment and negotiations on behalf of Kipper. It was also reported that Pee-wee began a sexual relationship with Suzanne after Yates was murdered. Pee-wee had help in this murder. Powell and Owens assisted Pee-wee in abducting Yates, and they drove out to the woods. There Pee-wee stabbed Yates to death, and they buried him in yet another shallow grave. By now, Pee-wee was rather well-to-do, money-wise. He had earned good money from killing, as well as stealing and fencing goods. In his mind, it was time to indulge in a pure thrill-kill again. This time he targeted yet another child, 
Thirteen-year-old Kim Gaskins was a pretty girl who Pee-wee had his eye on. On several occasions he had propositioned her, using all his charms and powers of persuasion. But Kim, to her eternal credit, refused all his advances. Pee-wee did not take rejection easily, and abducted Kim, drove her out to the woods. There he tied her to a tree and spent hours torturing her and raping her. When he felt sated, he stabbed her over and over again until he was certain she was dead. He did not bother burying her body. He simply left her under some bushes. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have our burdens to bear, dear listener. And as a man, I was and am often told to suck it up, keep calm, and carry on. Normally, good advice in many situations. But never talking about what bothers you is not healthy. Therapy is great to get things off your chest, to vent, and best of all, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Everyone needs someone to talk to. Even psychopaths, even your humble host. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash serial killer today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash serial killer. Pee Wee had his own car chop shop. And all the low-life criminals in town knew Pee-wee had valuable parts in his garage. Twenty-five-year-old Dennis Bellamy and their fifteen-year-old half-brother Johnny Knight teamed up and planned a rob on Pee-wee's garage. Pee-wee shot both of them when he found them breaking into his property. He took Walter Neely, who was Danny Bellamy's former brother-in-law, with him to bury the bodies in what he called his private cemetery. While Neely was helping Pee-wee bury Knight, 
For some unknown reason, Pee-wee pointed out all the graves and who was buried in them. Walter Neely was an ex-con himself and a good friend of Pee-wee's. He might have been the only person that the experienced serial killer trusted. Considering his murderous tendencies, it is amazing that Pee-wee did not kill Neely after confessing to him and showing him the bodies of his victims. In October 1975, Kim Gelkin's parents figured out by speaking to witnesses that their daughter had been in the company of Peavy on several occasions. The Gelkins called the Florence County Sheriff, and a deputy went and searched Peavy's house. There, the deputy found some of Kim's clothes in a closet. At the time, Peavy was in Georgia. He returned home on the 14th of November 1975 to find police and sheriff duties stationed outside his house. He attempted to escape them and headed towards the local bus station with plans to go back to Georgia. When he arrived at the bus station, the police were waiting for him. Pee-wee Gaskins was arrested and put in jail, unable to post a bond for three weeks. While Pee-wee was in jail, Walter Neely had cracked and confessed everything to a neighborhood minister, and then the police. Neely took authorities to Pee-wee's graveyard and pointed out the graves of Bellamy and Knight. The next day, on the 4th of December 1975, Pee-wee confessed to having a private graveyard and took police to his land where they found the bodies of eight of his victims. However, he did not confess to actually murdering the people buried there. The bodies of Sellers, Judy, Howard, and Diane Neely were found shortly after. On the 10th of December, Walter Neely showed police the grave of Doreen Dempsey and her two-year-old daughter, Robin. Pee-wee's reign of terror in South Carolina was finally at an end. Pee-wee and Neely's trial began on the 27th of April, 1976. During the trial, Gaskins attempted to proclaim that he was not the savage murderer he was portrayed as. The man they should be looking at was Neely. In other words, Pee-wee threw his closest friend under the bus. Pee-wee testified that the last time he saw Bellamy and Knight alive, he was leaving his garage with Neely. He also claimed that Neely stole his pistol and shot both men and later replaced it without his knowledge. However, this did not sway the jury as the evidence was too strong, as was Pee-wee's reputation and extensive criminal past. In the end, Pee-wee confessed to one murder, that of Dennis Bellamy. On the 24th of May, 1975, Pee-wee and Neely were both charged with eight counts of murder. Pee-wee was sentenced to death by the electric chair. Neely, who was mentally low-functioning, was only sentenced to one life term in prison. To avoid a death sentence, Pee-wee eventually confessed to seven more murders later that year. In November 1976, 
His death sentence was overturned to seven consecutive life sentences after the United States Supreme Court ruled the death penalty unconstitutional. But Pee-wee's saga does not end there. In 1978, South Carolina passed a new death penalty statute, reinstating the state's right to put prisoners to death. Prosecutors were determined to use this to get Pee-wee back on death row. State prosecutor Ken Summerford filed new charges against Pee-wee that year in the murder of Johnny Knight. Pee-wee and his attorney attempted to bargain for another life sentence. In return, he confessed to even more murders, and even told police a location of the burial site of one of the hitchhikers he murdered. Prosecutors finally reached an agreement with Pee-wee and his lawyer. In exchange for a life sentence, he confessed and pled guilty to the murders of John Knight, Diane Bellamy Neely, Avery Howard, Jesse Ruth, Johnny Sellers, and Doreen Dempsey. Pee-wee told a judge at this trial, and here I quote, There are quite a few bodies that have never been mentioned, but you've got enough for now. End quote. While Pee-wee was serving his time at the Central Correctional Institute in Columbia, South Carolina, he was still able to live out his power fantasies and continued being an aggressor against others. He became a prison boss, like his former foe-turned-friend, Paws. Since Pee-wee had spent many years in prison, he was well acquainted with how the system worked. He used his charm and talent of repairing machinery to secure a job as a maintenance trustee at the prison. This job gave him more freedom than some of the other prison jobs, as well as it allowed him access to a set of keys. With this job came an offer he could not refuse. Pee-wee's reputation for being both a seasoned thief and savage serial killer was well known among the other inmates, as well as in the general criminal underworld outside of prison. One day, Pee-wee was contacted by the outside to do a contract killing inside the prison. The order came from a certain Tony Chimo, and he wanted 24-year-old Rudolf Tyner dead. Tyner, a black man and drug addict from Harlem, had killed Chimo's mother and stepfather in a botched robbery of a grocery store. Tyner ended up getting the death penalty, but Chimo thought the process took way too long and feared the sentence would be changed to life in prison instead. Chimo went to biker and punk bars in around Myrtle Beach, looking for someone with an inside prison contact to carry out the kill. Chimo learned from someone there that Tyner had been bragging about the murders in prison. A builder in Metz put Chimo in touch with a friend, who then passed along this information to Pee-wee Gaskins. When the news of a contract to murder reached Pee-wee, he was beyond happy. 
His urge to cause harm, and most of all to kill, had never left him, and if anything it had grown while in prison. He would have killed Tynor for free, but naturally did not say no to illicit money he could use to further bolster his power among the prison population. First, Pee-wee tried to kill Tyner using poison. None of the poisons he tried worked, probably due to Tyner being a heavy drug user with a built-up resistance to poisons. Chimo, when contacted by Pee-wee from the prison about how poorly things were going, suggested Pee-wee used explosives. This suggestion was very well received by Pee-wee. The idea of blowing a human into bloody pieces was highly attractive to Pee-wee, especially since he had not tried this method of murder before. The novelty of it aroused him. Based on his janitorial job at the prison, it is possible that Pee-wee was able to obtain some cleaning chemicals to craft the explosives. Still handy and good with tools, he rigged the homemade explosives to a plastic cup, which he then put on top of a radio speaker. He told Tyner they would be able to talk to one another if he plugged it into the outlets between their neighboring cells. Pee-wee had started to befriend Tyner as part of his sinister plan. Tyner, who reportedly had a very low IQ, was thus convinced by Pee-wee to raise the cup to his ear. When he did, the explosives detonated and almost completely decapitated Tyner. Blood and gore went everywhere, and Pee-wee was ecstatic with joy from having completed such a novel murder. He reported the news to Chimo, who was happy with the outcome but amazed at how Pee-wee had managed to construct such an elaborate explosive device inside of prison. It did not take investigators long to figure out who had killed Tyner. This time Pee-wee had no leverage and no way out of a death sentence. On the 22nd of January, 1985, he was sentenced to die in the electric chair. In 1990, Pee-wee and the state's only electric chair were moved to another prison outside of Columbia, the Broad River Correctional Institute. With only a short time left to live, Pee-wee decided to enjoy what little time he had left how he could. Being a psychopathic narcissist, he thought that Writing his autobiography would be a great idea. The book is very difficult to find, but its title is The Final Truth. When asked how he felt about his upcoming death, Peavy replied, and here I quote, I truly don't mind dying. I have lived a damned full and good life. I have walked the same path as God. By taking lives and making others afraid, I became God's equal. Through killing others, I became my own master. Through my own power, I came to my own redemption. When they put me to death, 
I'll die remembering the freedom and pleasure of my life. I'll die knowing that there are others coming along to take my place, and that most of them won't ever get caught. End quote. Donald Peewee Gaskins was killed by the electric chair at 1.05 in the morning on the 6th of September 1991. He was the fourth person to die via electric chair in South Carolina since the state reinstated the death penalty. The only family member to attend his execution was his 20-year-old son, Donald Lee Gaskin. His last words were, and again I quote, I'll let my lawyers talk for me. I'm ready to go. End quote. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And with that, we come to the end of the saga covering Pee Wee Gaskins. I hope you enjoyed listening to me telling it to you. Next episode will feature a fresh new serial killer expose. So as they say in the land of radio, stay tuned. What follows is a message to my dear Norwegian listeners in Norwegian. Jeg minner om at min norskspråklige podcast Seriemordepodden er tilgjengelig å lytte til både på Spotify, Apple Podcasts og alle andre steder du hører på podcast. Det har kommet mange episoder inn, så følg med.